0: Welcome back to the Project Stanley podcast presented by NHL Prospect Center. I'm your host, Aaron Riccio. I'm the CEO and co-founder of the business. And for those of you who may not be familiar, Project Stanley is a CBA-compliant salary cap management software that's built specifically for front office personnel in the National Hockey League. This podcast is presented by NHL Prospect Center. NHL Prospect Center is the league's best resource devoted towards covering hockey's future. They have clips, highlights, movement of all the top prospects in the game today, and they're powered by Instat, so you know the data behind it is pretty darn good. They also have 35,000 followers on Instagram, so they've gained a ton of traction already. Would highly recommend anybody to check this out and give it a follow. Today we sat down with RJ Gusevich. Uh RJ is currently the Director of Scouting and Assistant Coach with the Fargo Force in the USHL. RJ previously spent his time at Fredonia State University and St. Lawrence University, where he was assistant coach at both the schools and at St. Lawrence specifically, he was a division one hockey player. So most of the conversation really gets into his role as director of scouting, but we get to also see some pretty cool inside glimpses into how he handles his players on a day to day basis. So let's go ahead and let's get into it. RJ Gusevich. Director of Scouting and Assistant Coach with the Fargo Force of the USHL. Okay. All right, great. We're live. All right, RJ, thank you again for taking the time here. This is fantastic.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. Glad to be on.
0: Yeah, so would you mind uh, Would you mind starting off with a, a little bit of your background uh, just to kind of kick things off?
1: Yeah, yeah. I'm from Buffalo, New York. I uh, grew up uh, playing hockey for... Um, Just different organizations in the Buffalo area. Um, Went to Nichols School, uh, located in North Buffalo, and played there for three years. And during that time, was fortunate enough, uh, my hockey career, to represent the USA at the Five Nations Tournament and the Ivan Holinka Tournament. I had the opportunity to play with NHLers right now, like Anthony D'Angelo, Adam Ernie, uh, Thatcher Demko, and from there, uh, committed to St. Lawrence University, and left my senior year to play for the Green Bay Gamblers in the USHL, and played two years there, and then came to St. Lawrence, and um, you guys were there, and, and probably saw a bit of it, but I uh, had some really bad neck and head injuries that tried to come back from a couple times, and uh, kept getting injured, and uh, just kind of figured, you know, between my doctors and where my career was at, it was time to hang the skates up, and uh, from there, just really decided I just wanted to be around the guys around the rink and be a part of the program and the coaching staff, and uh, took a role as a student assistant, and from there, uh, found my passion working with kids and helping to develop kids the men, and, and also you know help them progress their hockey careers as well.
2: Awesome. Um, RJ just out of curiosity, for that like post-injury um how did that decision to join the staff come to fruition? Was it like did the coaching staff approach you? Did you approach them? How how was that sort of decided?
1: Yeah, so I the day I retired, uh I actually sat down with the coaches and let them know that i not in Mark Boris actually said, you know, if you want to come out tomorrow in a track suit and, and just help out and be a part of the team, feel more than welcome. And I, I kind of said, you know, I, I think I need a little bit of time just to get away from it and, and just get my mind right. And uh, kind of funny, like, you know how it is for student-athletes, like you really have no time on your hands uh, when you're in the midst of the season and, and really even outside the season between workouts and, and meetings and whatnot. So probably for a week I just kind of went to class and uh, pretty much came home and played Xbox or or did homework while the guys were at the rink and kind of like, "Ah, this is stupid, I'm I'm really bored. Like, you know, all my best friends are on the team. So really the next week I I just told uh, Mark that I wanted to be a part of the staff and the team and he said, absolutely, welcome aboard and um, enjoyed it ever since
0: and so RJ that, that that's awesome I appreciate you sharing that. The, would you mind talking a little bit about uh, about your role and how it kind of evolved while you were in while you were coaching at Saint Lawrence?
1: My my goal, you said? Your role. Oh, role, okay. Uh yeah, so really just started kind of helping out one-on-one with some skill work and things like that. Um I feel like as a player, I was someone that was a leader and that especially a lot of younger guys look to uh, a guy that brought a lot of positive energy so I think a big part of my role kind of as my career as a coach there progressed was really just setting a good example for the younger guys at the rank, away from the rink kind of being a mentor uh, for the guys even guys my age some of that guys felt like they could talk to you know it's not always easy player walk into the coach's office and talk to the head coach or even sometimes the assistant so that was definitely a big part of my role uh, I also worked a lot in uh, stats and analytics and Matt the actually got me into that and uh, that's something that I found really interesting like I think the the analytics part of the game is important um, it definitely is very black and white like some of you could present to the players but I also think it doesn't show the big picture, and and that was one thing I kind of figured out as I went through evaluating different statistics, like, okay, what's what's important to show our team, what's important to show individuals when I'm trying to help them, Um, so that was definitely a a big aspect of my role, and then um, one-on-one video work as well, Uh, especially with freshmen and sophomores who are Still getting acclimated to the systems and, um, you know, just teaching the details and habits of the game to them.
0: No, that's that's awesome. Appreciate the content. That's great. I, I'd love yeah. to actually. Uh, I'd love to kind of take that and, and go into your director scouting role. I mean, like, would you mind describing kind of what that role consists of? And I guess. Um, you know, how some of your experiences at St. Lawrence, you know, kind of getting your, you know, dipping your toes in the water there, you know, help yeah. you, you know, get to, to where you are today as as director of scouting at Fargo Force.
1: Yeah. So I actually, um, the spring of my senior year applied for a couple jobs, a couple internships with USA hockey and actually didn't get any. So my plan originally was to, start getting my master's degree in sports management at Canisius college, um, which I actually just completed in December. Uh, and then nice help helped coach. Thank you. help coach at uh, Nichols, my old high school. Um, so I was pretty much locked in to do that. And then, uh, Jeremiah Crow, who is actually now the director of scouting for the Buffalo Sabres. Um, he and I had a, have a really good relationship and, um, Kind of let him know, like, hey, I wanna, I wanna get into coaching. If you hear anything, please let me know. I'm, you know, in for whatever at the college level or at the junior level. And uh, Jeff Meredith uh, actually reached out to Jeremiah, asking if he knew anyone. And um, Jeff Meredith, sorry, I'll give you a little context to who he is. He's the head coach at uh, Fredonia State University, which is a Division three school, about hours south of Buffalo, and you know, he gave me a call and went in for an interview, and two weeks later, I I had the job. So that's uh, that's really what kickstarted my career, I would say. Um, there, I, I took a lot of the things that I learned, both positive and negative, from St. Lawrence into the recruiting, into how I approach talking with players, um, how I describe drills, how I describe different tactics and habits and details um, in a... Kind of a relatable way you know what I mean like I think a lot of times it's tough for players to understand something if you don't describe it from a a player's perspective that makes any sense um and so from there from Fredonia uh, I actually had a great experience there loved working for coach Meredith and I love working with the guys and it's kind of cool there's a few guys that were actually my age um so it's very very easy to relate to the guys and um was actually looking forward to going into my second year there. Uh, but with the pandemic, obviously budgets were low there, being a state school. So I actually got furloughed um, in late August, like two days before I was about to go into the office for my first day. Um, and I, again, just kind of networked around and uh, called my, my old family advisor, uh, Scott Barlett, and he got me connected with the Fargo Force, uh, specifically Kerry Eads, who's the general manager here, and uh, did a you know a couple phone interviews with head coach Pierre Paul Lamoureux and and Kerry Eads, and um, had some good references and and landed the job. Um, and then in terms of the director of scouting, it's uh it's honestly a lot different than. Um, Recruiting for a Division three school, I, like recruiting for Division three, you're a lot of times you're recruiting kids that are aging out of juniors that are kind of on their last leg, trying to earn a Division one scholarship, um, kind of trying to deal with different financial problems of them being able to pay for school and things like that. So here, uh, here it's really more scouting a little bit of recruiting and, and talking to different prospects and you know pumping up the the Fargo forest organization and getting kids to, to really want to come uh, but I think for most kids the USHL is a league that most kids aspire to be in so uh, from that perspective it's it's definitely a little different uh, but the evaluation side of everything you know we're our phase one draft we're drafting 15, 16-year-olds, you know, instead of recruiting a 20, 21-year-old. So it's it's definitely a little more challenging. Like, you don't know how well a 15 or 16-year-old is going to develop. You don't know if if the kid is, you know, up to no good or if he's a, a really good kid and is driven and really wants to play Division one in professional hockey. You, there's no telling. So you're really really have to do your homework, talk to their coaches, try to talk to different people in the area of where the kid's from and things like that. I'd, I'd be interested because I know we've, we've talked with some,
0: some folks in, in the major juniors and, um, you know, the drafting process is a little bit different, whether that's in you know, the OHL compared to the, to the WHL. So how long are you holding their uh, you know, the individual kids rights after you draft them? And and how often you know how how long does it typically take these kids to, to kind of start to filter into the program if they come at all?
1: Yeah, three years we have their rights whether they're drafted years. in the one yep or phase two draft. And the the process to getting to the USHL is it's honestly different for every kid. Um, really young kids like the absolute studs, kids that you know are likely going to be. Drafted into the NHL, uh, committed to bigger schools. They'll usually come in at a un- younger age, you know, 17, 18. Um, some other kids need some more coaching. So they'll go to uh, leagues like BCHL, AJHL, uh, North American Hockey League, which is actually where we send most of our players. Um, and, and they'll be with us for anywhere from one to three years, really okay
2: and um, okay r j yeah, so I mean obviously you had the chance to play in the uh u s h l for Green Bay. I mean, I was just curious compared to then, and looking to this point now, I mean, what differences do you see sort of in the game there? Have you seen a lot of growth um how How would you see it if that's gone um
1: uh, from my time playing i I don't think it's changed too much, I think. It's definitely more of a skill-based game now. So actually, kind of funny. My first year, uh, fighting majors were only five minutes, and my second year in Green Bay, they changed the rules for player safety to a ten and a five, so fifteen-minute penalty, and uh, you have, you also had a limit on how many fights you could have a year. So you you really started seeing less fights, and you kind of saw the game open up a little bit more and. You know, whether that's uh, a positive or negative, that's, you know, up to really anyone's judgment or opinion. Um, for me, you know, I think the biggest thing is the accountability level. You know, you have a could have a youngster nowadays kind of running around and, and wreaking havoc a little bit without, you know, one of your big boys kind of getting in his face and that kid having the threat of really, uh, you know, having to fight. At the age of seventeen or eighteen years old, so I think that's the biggest difference. And um, there's not, not just not as much of an emphasis on on the fighting side of the game, more of a uh, habit, detail, skill development aspect now.
2: I'm I'm sure your your
0: time playing the USHL and and you know not being, you know not having too much gray hair has kind of helped a lot of these kids as they go, you know, progress throughout their career. I mean, being, you know, 16 to, you know, to 19 years old and pretty vital time throughout their their progression.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. And I I think that's the really fun thing about working with kids this age is there's there's so much room for growth for these kids. Uh, I think a lot of times at the college level, uh, especially just, the older and older the kids get, the less you can really change about their game. Uh, they have so many habits, and it's so hard to break habits. Uh, I think at this age, from 16 to, to 20, it's a really, really good age, both for their mental and physical development. And uh, kids are, are very susceptible to coaching and teaching. Every single kid that we work with, in Fargo at least, wants to get better. They're all asking the right questions. They have really good attitudes you know, about everything they do, and um, it's it, it's really good for them. And for me, being a younger guy too, I think I can relate to players really well, uh, especially having played in the league. And, you know, it's just, uh, just a really, really cool experience for them. And I, I think another thing that people don't take into account when they just are looking at the hockey side of things is, for most of these kids that, that aren't going to prep schools or moving away to play midgets, uh, this is their first time away from home. You know, and like you guys know, your, your first day walking into college, pretty nerve-wracking thing, you know, even the first month or two. And I think for for junior hockey players walking into college, it's, it's obviously a little nerve-wracking. It's a lot of new stuff, but most of the kids have already been away from home for a year or two, and, and they're kind of used to it and feel comfortable. So.
0: No, absolutely, and and you know one of the things, uh, one of the things I'd love to hear from you is how uh, how much more difficult. And I know we're kind of jumping back to the scouting side of things, but you know how much more difficult has the scouting process been with COVID protocols, right? I mean, I can imagine, yeah, you know, from the NHL down, this next year's draft is going to be an absolute crapshoot.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, it, it's definitely been a challenge. Uh, luckily, in the Midwest. Things are, are definitely a little uh, less strict, unless you count Minnesota. Uh, like, actually, in the fall, uh, Minnesota High School Elite League was playing it was a bunch of showcases uh, right down I-29, which was great, so I got to see a lot early on, and then things in the Midwest that you kind of shut down for probably two months, and now they're, now they're opening back up, so... You know, I'm sure you've heard from a, a lot of other guys scouting NHL, major junior, you know, other junior leagues. Like, there's been a lot of video stuff, uh, a lot of video scouting going on now, and you know, it's video is great to me, but especially you know watching a youth hockey game, the video stream and feed is not always great. So it's it's definitely been more of a challenge, and you know, I think a lot of people really have to have to bank on trusting people in, in different areas that they know, different scouts, different coaches that are, are watching a lot of games in different areas and just kind of try to figure it out from there.
0: So you, you think relationships is going to be just a, I, I mean, obviously that's a, a big component of everything, but this year more than ever just having that trust that, you know, someone you know knows this, knows this kid really well and, and whatnot.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I, I don't think you ever want to draft a kid or, or take a kid that you've never seen before. Um, you know, I, I think if you watch them on video and you like them, it's good. And then you kind of call around and call people you trust. Absolutely.
0: How much are, How much are you interacting with college programs? Because I, I could imagine – You know, coaches are calling all the time asking about your players.
1: Yes, almost every day.
0: And and what are those conversations, you know, typically like?
1: Um, Biggest thing is is what kind of kid is he, honestly. Like every college wants to bring in good kids, good character kids with, with good work ethics, good attitudes, you know, team first guys. It's kinda of different, each guy. Like colleges are, are in the same exact situation that we are with scouting. You know, they can only watch on video and like I said, you can only tell so much on video. So I think now we're getting more uh detailed questions about players' games, um, things they need to work on, things they're good at, things like that and you know, how are their grades and how does he how does he respond to coaching, um, everything like that. Okay. All
0: right. And, and I, I can imagine your, uh, I can imagine having your head coach as a former pro scout or a, a, a former amateur scout for, uh, you know, the NHL. I'm sure that's helped you along in your learning process.
1: Uh, that's definitely, definitely helped me evaluate players and kind of have a, a more objective view on on my analysis of players. If that makes sense.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely.
1: Um, And and actually,
0: one thing I did want to ask you before we before we head out here is um, the the development program when you're when you're trying to recruit to to Fargo Force. I mean, does that make the process more difficult?
1: Yes, uh, definitely. I mean, you know, for me, it's. I would say I'm still kind of getting my. Feet wet a little bit in some regards, like just trying to, to learn how the process goes. But yeah, you really, like, if you see a kid you really, really like, you always have to take into account now that, you know, NTDP might might take them in May. So, gotta kind of go from there. And I mean, luckily, you know, our draft is, is afterwards, so it's not that big of a deal. You kind of just cross the kid off your list and move on to the next.
2: Mm-hmm. Okay. I just had another one more quick for one for you, RJ. Before, um, yeah. I mean, between like balancing the responsibilities of being an assistant coach and then you know the responsibilities of the scouting role. I mean, how do you sort of um, distribute like that time between the two?
1: Um, I I really just just try to walk into the rank every day with a clear mind and an open mind and. Uh, really just a schedule of of what I want to accomplish during the day and really just get it done, whether it's one-on-one video with players, a skill session with players, um, you know, I've, a family advisor sends a video on a kid, watch a period or two of that. Um, you know, it's, uh, it's definitely a, a challenging balance, but I think if you're just just like any other job, I think if you're organized and, Task-oriented, you know, it's it's really not that bad, and uh, it's it's honestly pretty rewarding too.
0: Awesome. Yeah, I, I mean, I can imagine that. I mean, I know for for us, I mean, just the fact that we can be involved in hockey in the first place just makes every single day a ton of fun. So I'm sure, I'm sure that's the case when you're you know boots on the ground, you know, recruiting, educating you know, watching video, I'm sure it's just, uh, you know, an absolute, it's absolute ball.
1: It is, it is, absolutely, and I honestly, most mornings I wake up and I'm like, you know, this is, this is awesome, I'm, I'm coaching in this league and, and get to work with players of this caliber, so.
0: No, absolutely, and, and there's just, they, just quite frankly, there's not many I feel like there's not many people who can who can truly just sit down and do what they love on a day-to-day basis, so that's awesome to hear. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm excited for you.
1: Thanks, man. I, I really appreciate it, and, you know, excited about what you guys are doing, too, and absolutely want to keep track of your guys' progress.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely, RJ. We'll keep you updated as things progress. You know, one of the things we like to, to stress is, you know, uh, you know, constant updates, constant transparency, so we'll make sure to uh, keep you on the on the updated list, and um, you know stay in touch as as our uh, development progresses as a company, um, as our podcast progresses, and uh, we'll let you know when everything comes out. This has been really fantastic. I appreciate all of that.
1: Awesome, yeah. yeah, guys. Great talking to you, and, and again, good luck with everything.
2: Really appreciate it, man. And then one last yeah. one
1: for you here: Bills Chiefs this Sunday. <laughs> What's your
2: final score prediction? Bill.
1: Bill, Bill's 28, Chiefs 20, or sorry, Bill 31, Chiefs 28.
0: All right. All right. Tight yeah. tilt. All right. I love that.
2: Alright, yeah, Absolutely.
1: All right, RJ, thanks, <laughs> appreciate it. Good All bye.
0: right, RJ. Have a good one.
2: You too. Bye.